All right. Okay, we are live sales series. Some of my favorites. Uh, this is episode 12. We've got a good one. Amber Byland from A Dozen Cousins. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. You got a great smile. I'm excited. Right, right when I saw you, it's the first time I've met you like this. I got. I just got happy. I don't know why. Um, so thank you for starting my day like this. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit of the career stuff and get into sales stuff as far as CPG, but give us a little bit of the take on what you're doing right now for a dozen cousins, maybe even a small glimpse of what they are doing. Perfect. So I'm our director of sales for a dozen cousins. And just to kind of keep it broad first, our product line is really focused on soulfully seasoned beans, as well as really nutritionally dense rices. So combined, we have a really nice portfolio, better for you, well-seasoned, culturally connected uh, side dishes. And so right now as a company, we're very much focused on continuing to build out our current portfolio and, and expand distribution. As always, we try to look for when it comes to sales targets, as well as working our way into new customers and ensuring that we continue to spread the opportunity for consumers to try us wherever they essentially want to buy us from. And yeah. as far as my role, I'm leading those efforts, both strategically in terms of figuring out where next, but also ensuring that we nurture the places that we're in today. Be where your customers are. That's the name of the game, right? You want yes, to be where is. your customers are. Get the, you know, have the offering there. Um, what is the gentleman's name, the founder? Ibrahim Basir. Ibrahim. I know him yep. on, on social. Shout out. Give me some <laughs> love. Um, I, I know I see some packaging behind you. I, I've seen it. I know the product. Um, give us the category, if you would, meaning what category are you sitting in and what are you sort of competing against uh, as far as a brand? Mm-hmm. So our core line is gonna be primarily located in your canned bean section. And so think like back in the day when there used to just be plain Jane pancake mix or plain Jane oatmeal. And then all of a sudden things came along like Kodiak cakes or um, there's a few other areas where there was just a unique premium packaging that arrived on the scene, started as a little bit of space on the shelf, weren't sure how it was gonna go. And then slowly but surely the convenience factor plus the better for you ingredients as well as the product proposition just exploded that section. And so take that transition over to beans, very uh, traditional, very mature category. And it's an opportunity for us to come in and really do some of those same things. And so provide just a little bit of a different premium offering for customers or shoppers that are looking for that in that space. And Kodiak Cakes, that was a free one for you. We know you don't need it. Um, let's get into the, the, the offering. As far as someone who's in sales, when you are sitting in a meeting, or in this case, you're on Zoom or, or putting the presentation together, you are in a different format, I would call mm -hmm. it, right? Get, describe that and tell us how does that help or hurt um, the scenario for, for you guys? So our format is going to be in a BPA-free microwavable pouch. So I've got a little example right here. So you probably have been very familiar with that packaging when it comes to rice. That's something that was pioneered quite a bit ago, the convenience factor of just snipping, pop it in the microwave for 90 seconds and you've got a side dish. Um, and so that's actually a very, very um, innovative space for some other categories. You would think it would have expanded sooner, but it just kind of hasn't. 
Um, and so for us, it's really, really helpful to bring that into a space where, especially during COVID, consumers have been eating at home quite a bit more. And so you're still trying to find something that's gonna be convenient, but also provide a little bit more nutritional density versus what you might've grabbed in the break room when someone brought it in on a day when you weren't necessarily planning your lunch out. And so for us, it works really well to be able to provide just that different packaging style and convenience to consumers. But of course, it also brings with it a little bit more premium price point versus your 99 cent can of beans. And so for us, it's all about making sure that the product benefits as well as the packaging really command that more premium price point. Those that are seeing the pouch and they recognize that thing, you could put it in the microwave for 90 seconds, just as a coincidence. Uh, I've been eating like rice a little more than, than normal and I've been using those pouches, right? And I've been eating the whole pouch though. It's like, <laughs> like you should, you're, listen, there's like three servings in there, shouldn't be doing that. Uh, there's 70 grams of carbs right there. Um, well, I'm just really quick on that. We actually <laughs> just came out with a new bone broth rice. And so that one is also in a pouch, which is gonna be more recognizable for the consumer that's going there. Um, but for us, even though people have been adding, you know, chicken broth or chicken stock in their cooking method for years, believe it or not, we're the first ones this month to bring our bone broth rice into the set. Um, and it's got nine grams of extra collagen. So I know you're you know, going to want something a little bit more protein packed based off of what you're typically used to eating and selling. And so, you know, for something that's not going to be an empty carb, it's just an option um, as well that we just came out with. Innovation at its best. There's another little shot out there. Um, you do have experience. I wouldn't mind going into it. Uh, yeah. Small companies that you were at before, like uh, Den I call it Danone, I, Dan and Danone, uh, and then a small <laughs> company called General Mills, very small. Yeah. Um, Tiny. When you, when you bring that breadth of experience, right, it's different than even where you're sitting and where, where we are, right, smaller teams, and there's like kind of this different excitement and energy, um, not to take away again from, from the plethora of these large legacy type environments, right, um, but there is, it's a, just a different energy, commitment, mission, uh, why, uh, you know, just pure, pure intensity, um, mm -hmm. What do you take in into uh, a dozen cousins with that background? Give us some some sales stuff that you could take in from that experience. Absolutely. So for me, I started off my career at General Mills, and I think one of the biggest things that I ever did is ensure that I found people around me who could support me and give me really good advice. So whether that be official mentors or just folks who I felt like I could trust them to tell me the truth, but then also encourage me to be my best self. And so that's not necessarily restricted to a small or to a large or small company, but it was a really important foundational part of my career. And in turn, they encouraged me to take the roles that were not just open right now, but the hard jobs. And there's a, there's a difference there. And sometimes you can take an easier path and you're gonna have a good time, but you may not build the skill set that then can later really pay dividends in the future. And so I took that principle and really did it throughout my entire career from all the roles that I did at General Mills to the roles that I did at White Wave turned to known. Um, I really wanted to make sure I focused on that. And in turn, I got a quite a bit, big breadth of experience along the way. And you know, you're not gonna love every job, but I'll mentor you say you could do anything for 12 to 18 months. And so I would do strategically the roles that I felt would be very helpful. And um, in turn, I brought all that experience into my role now where I feel like it set me up to be able to make both strategic decisions, but also understand the tactical detail that goes into execution because execution at the end of the day is where you, you live or die. I like that a lot. Uh, I, I, I like that a lot. There's, 
Um, there's so much that a lot of, in our environment, a lot of people talk about those bigger companies and uh, the, 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 the meetings on meetings and things like that. There's a lot of stuff that gets thrown out and then, but there's, but there's so much good that could be taken from it. There's so many experienced um, individuals, men and women that are in, involved in those organizations that can provide you context, right? Real valuable context to take not only with you there, but then as you explore other opportunities, and I, I'm, a, I'm just a fan of that, right? You're, you're just learning, constant learning. So exactly. um, let's, let's, kind of, let's kind of transition here. I, I just want to talk about like sales deck stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked about it before, but I'm curious for, for a dozen cousins, what does your sales deck look like? Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, for me, I think the most critical part of any sales deck is to ensure that at the end of the day, you're demonstrating value and incrementality to a retailer. I mean, I can love myself and my product all day. I can eat it all day, but at the end of the day, it's about understanding who are your consumers and who are your shoppers, which may not necessarily always be the same thing. And then in turn, what are your strategies and what are you trying to accomplish in your niche of the market? And then how can we work together? Sometimes we can't, sometimes we can in order to make all of these things come together to where we can all kind of work in a synergistic way. And so for me, as I think about our sales decks for a dozen cousins, it's not all gonna look the same because depending on the retailer, you're gonna need a different offering for them or not. And um, you may be solving different problems when it comes to their incrementality versus others. And so I would say there's not like a standard 101 deck for me, but I really wanna focus on individualizing the content to make sure that I'm answering that question of, what can you do for me lately? Which is basically what it is. <laughs> it, incremental sales is a really wonderful uh, word and or commentary uh, that I've said before, others have said, and you are now saying it. Um, that is a key piece to these sales meetings and opportunities and partnerships. Cannibalization is not a benefit to the retail partner. Um, it happens because that's natural, right? That there's two or three uh, different brands that are somewhat similar. There's some key benefits to, to them. And a customer may end up transitioning to another, maybe for taste or whatever. Maybe it could be a brand story that, they're, that they have an affinity to. But incremental sales uh, is key. Uh, adding value to the partnership, bringing in your customers that maybe weren't going to that store before. Uh, that's, that's just a key piece to this. Exactly. Uh, um, let's talk about where you go as far as innovation and, and as far as sales and how those are connected. I mm -hmm. kind of like talking about that. If in your scenario, you, you, there's a lot of innovation besides the fact that there's a really great brand story, and it's just in my opinion. So I think that's very helpful. Correct me if I'm wrong, that's a really strong foot in the door too, uh, which you can talk on to on the same breath. Um, but as far as innovation, it, you know, for, for brands, how helpful is that in that conversation? I think it's very helpful. And for us, as we think about combining taste, health, and culture, to your point, yes, it is a way in because it's something that consumers are looking for right now. They're looking for a connection to the food that they're eating beyond just you know a really cool package. Um, and for us, 
it's a balance, right? You want to make sure that you are continuing to support your core because at the end of the day, new shiny objects are wonderful. And especially at the size of a business, a lot of the things are going to be new. Um, but the reality is, you know, some of these things are going to keep the lights on. Some of these things are going to create buzz. And so you have to balance through a healthy level of exploration and ensuring that you are demonstrating that you're going to continue to bring news and thoughtful strategy in the space. But also you can't you know, steer your eye away from just growing your core, um, which I think is really important, regardless of the size of your business. And so um, I certainly think there's a balance. There's also this funny thing that I don't know that we'll do at this stage of the game, but in past organizations, there's also the idea of planned obsolescence, where you know that something's not going to be forever. So I guess in our case, it might be an in and out. Um, but at the end of the day, it's something that's going to be on trend, a flash in the pan. And if you're culturally connected enough, you're going to be able to, to capitalize on those moments. Um, but for us, I think it's also a balance of ensuring that we're very close with our retailer partners that are somewhat long lead to make sure that where we want to go is also where they're on board with taking us because we can be talking to ourselves all the time. But at the end of the day, we have to make sure that that, that trifecta that I mentioned a little bit ago with the consumer as well as the retailer are still very much in sync so that we're not in the boat by ourselves. Well said, uh, very, very well said. Uh, let's talk about promotions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all those line items that when you're, the check is coming and the, what? What? Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, let's, I want to talk about the importance of promotions and how you look at them. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to tell us specifically about how a dozen cousins uh, has a promotional calendar unless you want to. Um, but what do you look at and how do you execute on that and sort of give us the two or three bullet points as to why uh, it's important for you guys and, 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 and where you're going with the brand? Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great question. Um, there's, to me, going to be two, two elements of it. You've got your traditional retail promotion, so aka, a, you know, a tag on the shelf. And then you've got the more social media driven promotions where it's a giveaway that you're partnering with a few other brands that are non-compete in order to take advantage of a certain seasonal time period. Um, and so for me, my wheelhouse is primarily, of course, focused over here with the retailer side. And I think that the best way to capitalize on promotions is to ensure that you're going to get a healthy level of um, incremental sales during that period, which means that you're going to want to try your best to figure out when people are most, I, most likely to look for your product in order to then overlay that same time period with your promotional schedule. So, you know, whether that's chips during the Super Bowl or beans during Cinco de Mayo, like those, there's just those intuitive things that you're going to kind of have a feel for, whether you've got data or not. Um, and I think the other piece too is just, you know, as you're coming out in a new retailer or as you're coming out with a new product, you're going to be the first, it's going to be the first time that those shoppers see you. And sometimes, you know, you get into the grocery store, I mean, you and I, you're either on a mission, so you're going through quick or you're trying to, you know, work off of your list or whatever it is. And a promotion is a really great way to drive awareness for your product whenever shoppers may not have known that you were there in the past. And so there's a couple of reasons why you would want to, to make sure that you have a strong plan, but at the same time, an efficient plan so that you're not just throwing away trade dollars because you're promoting in a period where people are not even thinking about the type of product that you're offering. 
Uh, timing. It, it's, uh, I, I believe that most are thinking that way, but you nailed it and I knew you would. Um, it's just like fourth of, so you said chips, you know, for Super Bowl, that's a big one. Uh, there's fourth of July is coming up. People are looking there. You said singing a mile for beans and stuff. I, you know, again, that's common where, where you would be. I love that. The, the, the growth effect there is what I oftentimes call trial, right? Yeah. It is, it is the easy, you know, the easiest as far as you're not, you don't have to do demos and the like to try to get trial because during your promotional periods, you need to see lift. Exactly. If you don't see lift during your promotional periods, something is wrong. That's bullet point one. Another item that is, is it's gonna be scary is when you come off your promotional period did your baseline non-promo lift a bit too? You know, you'd want it to lift crazy amounts, but just be fair to it. Is there some lift? If there's decline, constant decline after promo periods, that's not a good thing. Um, and so, um, so yes, there's prom promotions. Uh, let's kind of close this up. I'd like to do 10, 15, 15, 20 minutes. Of, um, and you brought such like warmth into this, into my day, as I mentioned in the beginning. Um, <laughs> you got a good vibe. Uh, let's talk about where you guys are going. You can give us just a little glimpse. I kind of want to give a little promotional love to, to a dozen cousins. Um, where are you guys going in the next 12 months that you like to see as far as representing the sales side of the business? Absolutely. So where we're going is... Again, that strategic expansion that I talked about, um, we just came out with a line extension on our Creole red beans, which funny you mentioned eating a whole bag. The first time I ever tried those and I have a little bit of Creole background, um, I usually try to eat like a little bit and like, okay, this is good, I'll move on. I ate the whole bag. So I'm really, really excited for okay. this launch of nothing else just so I can you know, stop eating my sales samples, I'm kidding. Um, but also, I'm really excited about, like I said, our rice launch um, and where we're going is essentially making our way to a broader and bigger meaningful meals brand. And so that may be something else that may be something that complements, you know, moving your way around the rest of the plate. Um, and I think also as what I love is that as I'm talking to retailers and I, I wanna make sure that I spend enough time listening and not just talking the whole time. So I ask questions, I just kind of wanna know how they're feeling. What I get out of that um, sometimes are really surprising ideas that we frankly haven't thought about. And so it's going to constantly be you know, an evolution um, in some spaces, a revolution, depending on where we decide to go next. Um, but I think that's the part that gives me a lot of encouragement um, because at the end of the day, with the size of company that we have and the way that ideas generate, innovation can come from me, it can come from our marketing analyst, it can come from our supply chain point, it can come from our market social media manager. I mean, you name it, and, and we're really open as a team talking with Ibrahim to decide the future of our shared company and not just from one source. So who knows where we end up next, but it's gonna be somewhere exciting and somewhere where I think we can make a lot of value in the place. I like that a lot. Uh, and again, very well said. Amber, a dozen cousins, info's there, check them out online, check them out, uh, check them out in retail, I've seen it. Uh, thank you for joining, it was fun. Of course, thank you, Mark, thanks for having me on.